There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Today we get revenge against somebody who stole Super Bowl tickets. We'll get to that in a bit, but first, so you won't work because you want to know what happens on Game of Thrones? Fine. This happened in 2019 when the infamous last season of Game of Thrones came out. Back then I was working a crappy customer service job and because I was a student at the time, had to work late afternoon and night shifts. The company being permanently understaffed, there were usually two people on these types of shifts. In this case, yours truly, and the person we'll call Crappy McCrap who also mostly worked graveyard shifts. I can write an entire book of stories about Crappy McCrap that would showcase the reasoning behind this name, but I'll save them for later. The bottom line is this dude barely ever showed up to work, and when he did show up, he would call his friends from the company phones to keep the line busy, or just spend all of his time eating and watching movies. Besides refusing to work, this guy was also incredibly rude and entitled. What I know is he came from money, but his parents made him work and he wasn't amused. He was 20-ish if I remember correctly, but threw tantrums like a 3-year-old. Now, night shifts were usually quiet, and both me and Crappy each minded our own business, but it wasn't the case that week. Some service was down somewhere and calls were flooding in, to the point where I barely had time to breathe between calls. At some point, I noticed Crappy's phone had been disconnected. He's logged off and opened HBO to watch the Game of Thrones season premiere, while hundreds of calls and emails keep coming in. I go over to him and ask him to please do his darn job and his response is, geez, chill, it won't take long. I just really want to know what happens in this episode. I didn't have time to yell at this idiot and even if I had it would have been useless. What I did instead is I went back to my workstation and messaged him what happened throughout the course of the entire episode scene by scene. On Slack and email with our team leader CC'd in. He slammed the keyboard and went back to taking calls. It made me feel better, but not good enough. I knew his university schedule wouldn't allow him to watch these episodes right as they came out, so every week, I would religiously email and slack him a message containing all the spoilers titled, Game of Thrones Summary. I hope this helps you concentrate on work. Was it petty and childish? Yes. Was it delicious and beautiful? Also yes. Do I regret it? No. I mean, this guy is honestly lucky that the worst that's going to happen to him is he gets some spoilers sent to him. Dude should not be able to watch Game of Thrones while they're on the clock. Also, hi, I'm Steven, and if you enjoy awesome stories of revenge, why not hit that subscribe button down below? That said, our next story is, sure, you can keep using my Spotify. About a week ago, I went on Spotify and saw someone was playing EDM from a Windows computer I didn't recognize. Instead of changing my password and signing out of all devices, I just kept pausing the song every once in a while. Pausing escalated to relentless skipping. Then I started playing classics for him such as Never Gonna Give You Up, Deep Throat, and Shaboom over and over again. He would change the song, I would change it back. I then discovered I could control his volume from my end and made sure he was hearing everything loud and clear. 
Every time I catch him listening, I do something of this sort until he gives up and closes Spotify. It started with me doing this about five times a day and it's dwindled down to about once per day. Each time he gives up quicker and quicker. I listen to music quite a lot so it's easy to catch him. Whenever I want to listen to my music, I just click forget device and then I'm free to play music on my end. Other than the few times he started playing music while I'm listening, he's barely an inconvenience. Eventually I'll change my password, but part of me wants to keep doing this until he gives up entirely on my account. This is really good until you realize there's offline mode. Our next story is, absolute silence is my most prized petty revenge. Okay, so I've been messing with one of my roommates. I'm not a thief or a snoop, and for the two years I've been here, I've never once overstepped my bounds or done anything that would make my roommates question my integrity. I've lived here longer than the roommate that is onto me and wants to catch me in the act of trying to get over on my OG roommates. He's very suspicious of me and thinks I'm trying to get over on my other roommates. He's caught me a few times, like once I was doing my laundry in the laundry room and watched him sneak up on me trying to catch me doing something nefarious. He didn't know I could see him sneaking up on me in a reflection. Like when I go downstairs, I can audibly hear him turn down his phone so he can listen to me in the next room. So I'll hear his phone playing whatever, but as I come out of my room and down the stairs, I hear the volume go down. So he'll sit in the living room and very intently listen to me in the kitchen, hoping to catch me doing something, catch me eating what I'm not supposed to be eating or taking something that isn't mine. So last night I walked into the kitchen, poured myself a glass of water, and then as silently as I could, just stood there, drinking my water in silence for like 10 minutes, as I watched the microwave clock, trying to not make a sound, letting the tension build because I know he's on the other side of the wall and can't see me. I know he's going nuts trying to figure out what I'm doing that he can't see, or my reason for standing in the dark in the kitchen, drinking water like a god darn psycho. I know it's petty, but I get a thrill from expecting him to come around the corner expecting me to be doing something to get caught for, but I'm just freaking smiling at him, drinking water. Well honestly I think this is great, cause OP's getting pretty darn hydrated, and I don't think a lot of people drink enough water. Our next story is, don't road rage your work transport truck. This happened a few years ago, it was a long weekend which meant that the highway to my house was packed, so I opted to take the back roads. I was doing 100 kilometers in an 80 when this transport pulled out right in front of me. I had to hit the shoulder to avoid a collision. I honked and gave the trucker a finger. The result was him becoming very aggressive, tailgating and honking, doing very dangerous things. He kept trying to pass me. When I did, I saw what company he worked for. I kept him behind me. Once we got into the city, he started driving normally. He followed me right into his yard. I waited for him to get out of his truck. When he did, he started yelling at me. I just handed my dash cam to my neighbor Steve, whose name was on the door of the cab. Yeah, he was fired immediately and walked off the lot. This next story is, I'll have a Big Mac, small fries, and a serving of humiliation, thanks. One evening, I was at my local McD's, waiting in line to satisfy my cravings for some real junk food. It was a rather busy night, so the queues were longer than usual. I was standing about a foot and a half behind the person in front, far enough to not invade their personal space but close enough that I was obviously in the queue. This was before COVID when social distancing was a thing. Some smug guy decided that the space in front of me had his name on it so he squeezed himself into the gap. 
brushing up against both myself and the person in front. From his body language, I could almost hear himself think, what a sucker. Personal space is for losers who want to wait longer for their meal. I have about as much respect for queue jumpers as those who fart in lifts or demand free stuff because they're social influenzas. So I started hatching my plan for petty revenge. Should I tap him on the shoulder and nicely ask him to move to the back? Berate him loudly to make everyone gawk at him? Put him in a rear naked choke and go all MMA on him? In the end, I decided that the best revenge was to do nothing. A few minutes later, he finally reached the front of the line and began dictating his order to the McD's crew member. I'm sorry, sir, this is the pickup line for those who have already ordered. You can place your order in that other queue over there. All I can say is this must be one busy McD's. Our next story is Pill Thief Payback. Simple and straightforward, I have prescription pain meds for nerve damage in my legs and feet. Recently found out my cousin's been coming over under the guise of visiting my grandma and taking pills. I took an empty pill bottle and put laxative pills that pretty much look identical in it, then put it back in my pill basket. Cousin came over, swiped five of them, and called me about two hours later asking if I was having issues and saying she thought the KFC she brought over might have been bad. I dropped the bomb about the pills and told her to have fun. I guess the only thing the cousin could really say after realizing the pills were swapped was, oh crap. Our next story is Bucket Woman vs. The Bins, again, and my partner. For the uninitiated, the house next door is haunted by a living woman who is fixated on bringing the bins in by 9am because they make the street look messy. My partner Martin nicknamed her the Bucket Woman because of this bin curfew. As he said, it was like living next door to a hyacinth bucket. Our bucket woman has been known to blockade driveways with empty bins to drive home her point. Another piece of relevant background, over the last couple of weeks, I've been having an allergic reaction to something outdoors, so I've been staying inside. Good news is it's gotten under control and I think we've worked out what plant it is. Bad news is, for Martin anyway, I'm permanently excused from weeding. Since I was staying indoors, I didn't bring any of the bins in. Bucket Woman hovered around, repeatedly checking the bins and getting more frustrated. I went about my business, looking after new human. Okay, I was sleep deprived due to noisy wild creatures and if someone even looked at me wrong, there was going to be a smoking hole in the universe. When Martin came home, he brought most of the bins in, except for the recycling bin, which hadn't been emptied. He reported it to the council as a missed delivery using their web form because the council offices were closed. Now here's the important bit, the council instruction is to leave the bin out until it's collected, so that's what we did. Cue Martin's first act of pettiness. He attached a neat sign to the bin lid saying something like, missed delivery reported to council and the date. That didn't stop the bucket woman from checking the recycling bin several times, each time getting a bit more aggressive and slamming the lid back down again and flouncing off. This went on all weekend. Outside, periodically stalking to the bin, fling the lid open, peer inside, make dramatic gesture, slam lid shut, flounce off. Inside, ignore with the occasional sneer. Cue Martin's second act of pettiness, he added another sign. Leave the bin alone, Hyacinth only he used her real name. The replacement delivery happened on Monday. I was out and when I got home, I had a tired new human and groceries to wrangle, so I left it. 
Martin normally deals with any bins out when he gets home, but today he wanted to come inside first and talk about our days, so he left the bin too. We were in the front room when we heard the sound. Martin ran out the front door and down the path with New Human and I following. The bin was laying on its side in the road and Bucket Woman was hopping around on one leg. In complete silence, Martin opened the gate, glared at the Bucket Woman, his angry face is terrifying, picked up the bin and put it back. The lid was broken. Martin glared at the Bucket Woman again. Bucket Woman attempted a dignified hobble back next door. Still in silence, Martin went back inside. New human and I followed. After a few minutes in the office, Martin came out again holding two new signs. Sign 1, broken bin reported to council, date. Sign 2, don't damage council property, Hyacinth. We don't have to leave the broken bin out until it's collected, but we are anyway because we're petty like that. Recycling is collected fortnightly. I have not seen this with my own eyes, but apparently Buckety is on crutches. The story doing rounds is she stubbed her big toe on something and broke it. I say nothing, but my smirk is worthy of a certain politician. For the unfamiliar, the certain politician is ScoMo or Scott Morrison, a former Australian prime minister known for his trademark smirk. Bucket woman citing, I can confirm she is on crutches. I don't know exactly what happened because her usual methods of communication are complaints put through our letterbox or visits from the authorities and neither have occurred yet. The neighborhood explanations vary from the mundane, stubbed a toe, to the ridiculous, crushed by a wombat? The broken bin is still out waiting to be replaced. She seems to be leaving it alone, possibly because someone has drawn a big pair of eyes on a piece of paper and stuck it to the top of the bin. Oh, you better not go near that bin, it's got eyes, it'll know, it'll tattle on you. Honestly, I'd just about stick some googly eyes on there, that'd be pretty funny. This next story is, got my boss, the president of the company, fired. Okay, this was a few years ago, didn't ever think of it as pro-revenge, but after discussing with a few Reddit friends, here goes. So, I joined a smaller company in Georgia, about 850 employees, as a vice president, and the number two guy in the company. The company's mid-size with 44 offices nationwide. This was a jump up for me, and I was super excited for several reasons. One, he alluded to me taking over for him in a few years. Two, the company was bought by a larger company in the UK, so we had an influx of cash. Three, some international travel to England. And four, I was promised some equity with company overtime. Well, we all know the 90-day rule. You usually see the paint behind the cracks after 90 days, meaning those rose-colored glasses come off. Well, this took 9 days, and I realized I was in a crap show. First clue, no CFO. We do $180 million in revenue and no head finance person at all. A side comment I heard in a passing in the hallway was, I don't know if we're going to make Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. 
Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Big payroll this week. Me popping my head in. Um, what? Why not? What does our cash flow forecast look like? The finance team says, what is a cash flow forecast? Uh-oh. So you can all Google it, but it basically tells you what's coming in and out and how to properly plan. Red flag alert. I approached the president about this and I got the, don't worry, it'll all work out. They'll find the money or just not pay a supplier, etc. I was absolutely floored. The longer I stayed, the more I was very concerned. So I got sent out to the Boston office on a Monday, unknown to me, on the trip out to fire the general manager. I was told it was just an office visit by the president and he would join me out there. Nope, dude texted me that he can't make it and to fire them for poor performance last year. Of course, which I knew nothing about. So I asked the president a million questions trying to gather facts as to how the branch has been doing, what was the target, what was the get her branch back on target plan, mid-year review. Of course, I got crap answers that were one layer deep. Oh, and on Tuesday, the new person would be there to lead the office. I did let the person go and gave her severance and stayed while the new person took over that week. Now at the next board meeting, I get introduced to the board for the first time. President introduces me as his guy and already out making changes as I decided to let go the Boston GM. And let that be a warning to the other 44 offices that I was the hatchet man and I was coming in to take heads and make changes. The board doesn't like this at all. The board says, don't you think next time as an executive to make that kind of change, we should discuss it? I speechless because this guy just threw me under the bus. I said, yes, sir. I thought the discussion had taken place already with the president. This snake changes the direction on the meeting, but I felt the board was super pissed. He tells me he just reports to them, but I'm still in charge and free to make whatever decisions I want. Pompous jerk. Over the next several months, lots of shady stuff happens. I learned that I'm about the 8th senior VP or CFO in the last two years. Some snarky comments at the changes I'm making, some at the request of the president, but others from me personally to try to improve employee morale and overall workplace well-being. Increasing benefits, trying to give people raises and make some changes to save the company money, but not affecting pay or operations. Could never figure out why people didn't like me for any of the changes I was making. So the comment was, he'll be gone soon like all the others. I was visiting another office in Minnesota and asked the assistant GM to lunch and questioned him on what I overheard. He said, well, the president likes to bring in new hotshot VPs and other senior folks. Then about three to six months later, they're all gone via the board's decision. I start putting two and two together, realizing that he uses the VPs as fall guys and gals. Blames all the poor decisions he's making on them and keeps the cushy job. Jerk. Coming up on my six-month mark, the president says, 
We need this new all-encompassing application. Covers operations, sales, invoicing, order fulfillment, warehouse operations, inside and out, billing, and just in time with our suppliers in China. I have reviewed it and personally feel it's the best direction for the company. It's going to cost 2.4 million US dollars to implement across the 40 offices and overseas partners. Now, I have reviewed it and it looks amazing, super nice, and would be a vast improvement. But it was also killing a fly with a bazooka. He tells me to go ahead and sign off on everything once you review the contracts, and let's go get a steak and bourbon to celebrate. The sales rep has my name and signature on the documents, which he got from the president. I tell them that needs to be the president. I don't have that authority. Bullet dodge number one. Sales rep does as told. I send those papers to president's inbox. Hey, they need you to sign and, oh, and they want a personal guarantee. Bullet two dodge. He sends them to finance and asks them to sign it. The finance people sign it, but use his computer signature they have on file and from his email approval, which I say. Well, the application people start on this massive implantation project, and also the finance people pay some massive retainer, $120,000 up front. Well, as I stated, money's tight, and they rob Peter to pay Paul all the time. And that huge retainer drew some notice. An emergency board meeting was called with the parent company. The expense topic was the only thing on the agenda. The board says, what is this for? Who authorized this? The president tries to sell it to them about how great it is. The board's not buying it. The president says, VP was behind it. I said, oh no, sir, you must be mistaken. I saw the demo, but I didn't sign off or obligate the company, nor did I sign the personal guarantee. The board says, who did? What? I say, president. By looks at the documentation I was copied on, the board says, what? Is this true? Dead silence. He leans to me and says, take one for the team. I got your back. I said, no, sir, I'm afraid I can't do that. The board says, meeting terminated. Mr. President, call me. Sorry, they were on the phone, not in person. While he's on the phone with whoever he called, my phone rings from the UK where the board guys are all located. I answer, and they tell me they're firing him as we speak. They ask if I'll stay on, and I say yes for three months while they search for a candidate, along with a guaranteed severance package. I left about 60 days later with a three-month severance. Why didn't I stay? I had had enough of that place. Plus, I decided to move out of Georgia to another state where my girlfriend was slash is. Honestly, it's so satisfying to know that they were trying to make sure that you get tanked there and you let that bozo stand responsible for their dumb actions finally. Our next story is, my boss stole my Super Bowl tickets, so I made him lose a major client. With the NFL playoffs back on, I thought you might all enjoy this football-related revenge story. I'm a huge 49ers fan, the rabid all-day tailgate in the parking lot type. A few years ago, we made it back to the Super Bowl. I was working at a consulting firm with a handful of accounts I would interact with directly. One client in particular knew how big of a Niners fan I was. I was the day-to-day lead on his account. He really liked working with me and we became friends, often grabbing drinks or dinner after our meetings. He had access to a pair of extra company seats to the game and as a thank you, wanted to give them to me as a gift. He passed the tickets over to the partner on that account who I will refer to as Richard Head Partner, to be given to me as a surprise. The game came and went. We lost. It sucked. 
The next time we met, we went to get drinks afterwards and he mentioned, Hey, by the way, why didn't you go to the game? I heard someone else was in your seats. I asked, what game? He said, the Super Bowl. Confused, I answered, I didn't have seats to the Super Bowl. He told me that he gave Richard Head Partner a pair of his company tickets for me as a gift so I could attend. I had zero idea what he was talking about. He looked shocked, told me to quietly ask around about it and get back to him. When I was back in the office the next week, I found out through one of the secretaries that Richard Head Partner had given a pair of Super Bowl tickets to another one of his clients as a gift from our company. I might have let this sort of thing go to keep the peace under different circumstances, but these were seats on the 30-yard line to see the freaking 49ers play in the Super Bowl. I was pissed. I considered confronting Richard Head Partner myself, but realized it was the client who had noticed I wasn't there in the first place. So if I let him handle it, there would be no blowback on me. So I texted him, Hey, I just wanted to thank you so much for thinking of me with those seats. It appears they were given to another one of our firm's clients. He texted back right away in all caps, Are you kidding me? And then, Pretend I never told you. Let me handle. He followed up with me about formulating a plan. A few days later, we were asked to come down for a meeting in their office. The client requested the partner be present, not entirely unusual. So Richard Head Partner and I hopped a flight the next week and headed over to their office. Little did Richard Head Partner know, my client had orchestrated a wonderfully awkward little show to catch him red-handed. When we entered the conference room, it was all the usual suspects, along with a woman in her 30s we didn't recognize. My client immediately introduces, Richard Head Partner, this is Stephanie such and such, VP from other department. She wanted to sit in on this meeting. Hey OP, you guys must already know her from the Super Bowl. She then responds as she goes to shake my hand. Oh, I don't think so. Did we meet there? I'm sorry if I forgot. Client responds, Geez, Steph, how much did you have to drink? They were sitting right next to you. Client looks at me and I say, Sorry, client, I wasn't there. Are you thinking of someone else? At this point, Richard Head Partner is looking visibly uncomfortable, probably trying to come up with an excuse. He starts in with an, um, when Stephanie says over him, no, so-and-so from other company were in those other seats. By the way, I was wondering why we gave company seats to those guys. Is there a project we're working with them on that I don't know about? Obviously not, they were in completely different industries. It would be like Coca-Cola partnering with John Deere. Richard Head Partner lets out an, uh again and the client immediately speaks over him asking richard head partner i gave you those tickets for op at this point richard head partner is turning bright red he responds oh uh well he wasn't able to make it so he must have given away the seats to someone else and turns to me looking for me to cover for him client smirks at me i respond uh what are you talking about client you gave me tickets to the super bowl the client suddenly raises his voice. Richard Head Partner, those tickets were a personal thank you gift from me to OP. Did you give them away to someone else? Was it another client? Richard Head Partner butts in with, oh, um, maybe something got mixed up in the office. Client went quiet for what probably seemed like an eternity to Richard Head Partner. He then looked down, grabbed his portfolio and iPad, put them into his briefcase and said, I think this meeting is over. 
OP, it seems as if I owe you a thank you gift. Let's go to lunch. Stephanie, you're welcome to join. Richard Head Partner, I need to evaluate our relationship. Please go back home and expect to hear from us next week. Richard Head Partner suggests he would like to join, presumably to do damage control. And Stephanie sternly tells him, I don't think that's a good idea, and asks the front desk to see Richard Head Partner out. As soon as he's in the elevator, we all break out laughing hysterically. Stephanie wasn't really a VP, just an employee at the company who client had drafted into helping with this pre-planned meeting skit. But she did end up coming to lunch with us and was a fellow Niners fan and total blast to hang out with. On our way to the restaurant, I got a desperate text from Richard Head Partner saying I needed to cover for the firm and that we could discuss things when I get back. I replied, yes, we need to talk, but I'll see what I can do. Client told me to wait a couple of hours and then respond to him. One, to expect invoices for the resale value of the Super Bowl tickets. Resale is way above face value, it was over $10,000, as well as our lunch. He picked a pricey spot and made a big show of overspending, and that he expected them to be paid immediately. Two, expected I be given a direct apology. Three, expected a written apology to his company for what he considered theft. And four, he will only interact with me or another one of our firm's partners. Never Richard Head Partner. This whole thing caused a stir with the other partners, and I actually came off looking great because it appeared that I had made a good faith effort to save the client for the firm, despite being the victim in this situation. The client would transfer to another partner, which meant Richard Head Partner lost his profit share on any work with them. Oh, and the other partners in the firm made Richard Head Partner pay the invoices back out of his salary. In retrospect, I really have no idea what the heck the guy was thinking. Did he seriously believe the client would just not notice me not thanking him for Super Bowl tickets? Anyway, the well was kind of poisoned for me there long term, because Richard Headpartner wasn't going anywhere. I left the firm a few months later for a much better position. Client ultimately terminated their relationship with that firm a year later. He actually now works with a good friend of mine at a competing firm. I'm still pissed I missed out on the Super Bowl, even though we lost. Hoping we make it back this year so I can finally go to one in person. Go Niners! This is easily one of the things you would never forgive a person for, and the gall of them to try to hope that you would cover for them in that moment where you're realizing you missed out on a chance to go to the Super Bowl to see the team you love the most. Like who in OP's position there would still cover for the company and for Richard Head? I'd be reaching for the nearest shovel to pour more dirt on him too. But with that being said, that's all the time we have for today. Now if you want to hear another absolutely awesome story of revenge, check out that video on the left. Or if you missed my latest video, check out that video on the right. That said, I'll see you all next time with some more stories. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.